This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Dean is gone and Sam's got a dog. That's not how you say balls. What the heck is going on? This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. Today it's episode 155. Chris, I don't. Damn, I just had that damn. had that handy, so I thought I would tell you about it. This is uh, season eight, episode six, episode 155 in the series. How does that make you feel? That's uh, that's a thing. It feels like just yesterday we were celebrating 100 episodes. Yeah, but it, it goes it goes so fast, Chris. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, goes, it goes so fast when you do one episode per week. It goes just so oh, yeah. incredibly fast. Uh, yeah, we're in the midst of season eight, uh, and uh, I, th- I think we finally have a, a bit of an upturn from the last yeah. few episodes that we've yeah. had. I think we set our hopes a little bit too high coming into the season, so we were only letting ourselves down. Probably so. Uh, our expectations are high. Before we get to the episode... Uh, let's mm-hmm. talk about the wonderful people over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, we have a, a delightful crew over there donating there. lets us do more podcasts. It like, gets you access to our discord where you can come and chat with uh, fans of supernatural fans of the Witcher, fans of don't give up fans of cowboy bebop. Just, just fans. <laughs> it's just a room full of fans. Just, just all turning at each other. Yeah. Um, something we haven't talked about. Uh, we have two tiers on there: a ten dollar and twenty dollar tier. And if you donate over a length of time, uh, you get to choose what we are going to cover on a Monster of the Week's Presents episode. Uh, mm-hmm. So we, the the first of those should start kicking in soon. Uh, and then I'm going to be really curious what people recommend uh, or suggest that we that we consume. And it's going to be books or TV shows or movies or, or whatever. But uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Like, there's going to be some cool exclusive Patreon content coming out coming up pretty soon. It should be interesting. Uh, and just want to shout out uh, Lisa as one of our recent patrons. Thank you, Chris, Jeremy. What the heck has been happening in season eight, bud? All right, all right. Let me tell you what's been happening in season eight. Apologies in advance to the listener and to you. Uh, if I sound like uh, crap, it's because I am crap. Uh, it's <laughs> not, right, ready? Tr- not true. Not okay. true. So I just, uh, a little under the weather today. Um, all right, the road so far. When Dean gets a call from Benny, his vampire friend from the Perg, he sneaks off to have a personal day with his old pasty pal, leaving Sam behind, who, still reeling from the death of sports ultra-star Brick Holmes, is unfit for battle. (laughs) Dean and Benny engage in a crossover event with the Vampire Diaries, where Dean discovers that Benny was once a vampire, and Benny realizes his dead girlfriend is actually now also a vampire. His kink utterly shamed, Benny is forced to kill his ex-girlfriend with Dean's help, potentially discovering a new kink along the way. Meanwhile, Sam daydreams about his own ex-girlfriend and realizes the true thrill of the hunt comes not from killing monsters, but from stalking old lovers. When Sam is at last called in to give Dean a hand, he is shocked to discover that not only does Dean actually have a friend, but that this friend is a vampire. Uh, We are treated to a few flashbacks of Castiel being a boss ass mf'er in the perg uh but so far kevin is still blown in the wind leading the boys on a wild goose chase excellent work my friend thank you it's quite a long one i know you've been um exercising those those riding muscles lately and i have to say it's paying off i can see some definition in those biceps <laughs> thank you thank you you got some riding guns out I and mean, you know how to use them 
Anybody got any band-aids? Because Chris is cut. <laughs> I'm torn right now. Oh whoa. Well, can't use that can't use torn so casually around here, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. We ha- we have uh I-, I don't know where I was the other day. Oh, I walked into the restroom at a grocery store and like walked up to the urinal and all of a sudden <laughs> you just hear the that 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 opening like yeah. and I'm like, yeah. oh man, what do I do? <laughs> I'm kinda stuck here. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. Uh, well, thank you for, for the road so far, man. I think that was a of great course. one. Uh, of course. Today's episode is, as I mentioned, Season 8, Episode 6. It's called Southern Comfort. It was written mm-hmm. by Adam Glass, directed by Tim Andrew, aired on November 7th, 2012. Garth returns to help Sam and Dean on a case. Sam and Dean investigate a murder and find Garth is already on the case. Dean is not happy to learn that Garth has assumed Bobby's duties, but Garth points out that both Sam and Dean have been missing for the last year and someone needed to do it. (laughs) The guys discover an, quote, avenging ghost is responsible for the murders and they need to find the source before the killings start again. Why didn't they just use Spectre? Because, like, that's what the thing is called. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we went to this Avenging Goats thing. And, like, who went know. out of their way to, to make sure that we knew that Garth pointed out some shit about Sam and Dean in this, in this episode description? I don't know. I don't know. It just could have been, like, Sam and Dean team up with Garth to face off against a Spectre. And they're like, all right, cool, I'm watching this episode. Def- <laughs> I def- get it. It definitely seems needlessly <laughs> petty to me for some reason. <laughs> so, well... <laughs> the show, the season eight's been needlessly petty so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, uh, and just in general terms, uh, boy does Garth like light up these episodes that he's in. Oh, it, yeah. It's such a breath of fresh air to have somebody with like kind of good comedic timing that they they give good lines. Uh, not that not that not that the not that J two aren't funny. Don't get you know. I don't mm-hmm. think I could have be on this podcast when I, and think that they weren't funny dudes. But right now they're both in the in the grips of some some existential crisis some ennui yeah. and they just haven't been their normal like yeah. kind of bright selves so boy is it just nice to have some garth for a little bit there's some serious hunk drama going on and it's not like the over-the-top demon blood hunk drama it's just as we discussed it's petty it's not it's not petty but it feels that way so there's just like there's no fun there hasn't been any fun writing the exchanges even when funny always end in them arguing with each other in some way shape or form true so garth he truly he truly shines a light uh on on the boys in this episode and it feels like an older episode because when they're around garth they can't argue and be shitty to each other so it's nice yeah um dean is still kind of a dirtbag throughout this entire episode though that's true, <laughs> that's true. Dean is, season 8 dean continues to be uh a, a shell-shocked PTS Dean of a man, uh, as we have <laughs> joked about in the past. So this episode yeah. starts with a with a dude working on his car in his in his yeah. garage when uh, it's just like a big big sweaty boy really wrenching those gears, just really like um, working it. And uh, yeah, his his wife comes up and he says, "Oh, honey, you're just in time. Can you grab me a cold one?" And she goes, "Why don't you have Sarah Alcott grab you a cold one?" She kicks the jack oh. out from the car, it slams down, pinning him. Then he, then she turns on the engine, uh, basically shredding that dude to death. Which is, yeah, I'm sure. I guess there's something under there that turns real fast, and that's how. I don't know a lot about cars. I don't know. Yeah, she runs him over or something. Yeah. it's pretty harsh. It's pretty gnar. There's a blood spray, and then we get our our title screen. Uh, this, this is a really short cold open. They don't waste any time. I do. And, then, a, and it's back. I do want to call out that the blood spray is on a uh, rebel flag, on a Confederate flag, which is going to be like some. <laughs> this is going to be for whatever reason. And it was like they snuck a fucking history professor in this in the in the writing room and just mm-hmm. made this like, oh, we got to educate the masses about the Civil War. Like at one point, right? Uh, 
I think uh, Sam even asked the questions. So brothers fought against brothers in this war, and I'm like, have you not ever seen the fucking History Channel or PBS? Yeah. Like that's the Come whole on. thing about the Civil War is that brother fought Sam. against brother. That's the first thing that said. You went to college, Sam. You I know went it was Stanford. <laughs> they had to have a real history book in there somewhere. When you're splayed on the top of the hood of the Apollo, what are you reading? Pick up a damn history book. Stop reading those trashy romance novels. <laughs> Stop posing for those trashy romance novels. <laughs> yeah. So, back to the boys. Uh, Sam's off getting food. Dean catches a case on the on the radio. Uh, and when Sam comes back, he's, like, immediately pissed because he's just been gone for a couple minutes. And he comes back and suddenly Dean has a job. Um despite the fact that he really hasn't talked to Sam since Benny left them. I think it's kind of implied that that was like a few hours ago. Like this is like right after that or something. Um, he, so there's already, there's already a feud, um, going on, but, um, Sam pulls his, his, we need to talk kind of thing, but it's more like, dude, like seriously, you, you won't talk to me. You're making me go on another job. We can't find Kevin. Um, there's a lot of bullshit going on. So Dean finally opens up and says, all right, yeah, fine. Benny's the only reason that I'm topside. Um, suck it. I'm Dean Winchester. Yep. And uh, I, I, I definitely get Sam's anger at this moment because it definitely seems like Dean has just completely ignored everything that happened. Like, presumably, once you introduce Dean, excuse me, introduce Benny to Sam, you would then later explain to... I mean, Benny left and said, like, I can tell you guys has, have a lot to talk about. And then Dean just elected not to talk about it. Uh, you know what we learned last episode is that, like, Benny helped out Castiel and did all these things. And Dean could easily be like, man, me, Benny, and Cast were in there together. Uh, Benny had this way that we could get out, but he had to use me to get out. But along the way, he proved to be a friend. And, like, I know what you're thinking, Sam. He's a vampire, but, like... Please trust me. And then Sam brings up, this is something that actually happened, Sam brings up the whole Amy thing. He's like, oh, okay, it's fine that you let Benny go, but when I asked you not to kill my friend Amy, you wouldn't did it behind my back. Um, and again, rather than being like, yeah, you're right, Sam, uh, maybe I was wrong, but please give me the benefit of the doubt this time, even though I didn't give it to you, because Sam would probably be like, okay, all right, yeah, I'll trust you, because that's how fucking Sam is. Uh, he doesn't do that. He just, he just turns his back on Sam, and he's like, are you coming or not? And he gets in the car. Yeah, Sam p- pulling out um, the, the Amy card, so to speak, and basically saying, like, you know, he was your friend. He's your friend, and he's, that's perfectly okay. What is he telling you that he's not eating live blood, that he's doing mm-hmm. something else? Um, it's it, 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 Dean just having no reaction to that. It's, it's frustrating because, as, as, as you're saying, it's so very easy to to just like talk and have a conversation about this. Mm-hmm. He's just so angry at Sam that he can't. Uh, and I think that that's what this episode is is doing its best. It's going to do it in a very ham fashioned, <laughs> ham fisted kind of way. In, in classic supernatural. In classic form. supernatural form. It's it's going to explain a lot of this. I almost was happy that it happened because it Same. used to happen so frequently. <laughs> it uh, it, it it honestly like the thing that happens at the end of this episode when when Dean finally you know gets the cursed object or whatever they're calling it and like goes hardcore on Sam. I, I, it, I felt some catharsis right there, right? Like, I was like, oh, finally. Yeah, that, that I don't feels think good. Dean is not unjustified in feeling the way that he feels towards Sam. But I also, as we have established, especially in season five, we have established that they can talk about stuff now. Dean sees his little brother as his equal. He used to. 
they reached a point where he was like, you and me are, we're a team and I'm not just looking out for you. We do things together. We trust each other. We talk to each other. And they threw that all away. And even at a certain point in this episode, Dean calls out Sam for like, you lost your soul and you didn't tell me and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, I mean, that's because he didn't have a soul. The one like shitty thing that he's done since Demon Blood in season four and Ruby and all that was like not having a soul where he just didn't, he didn't give a shit because he didn't have a soul. <laughs> like, not that it's a, a coverall excuse, but still. And the first thing that he does when he gets his soul back is try to go make amends for all of the bad shit that he did yeah. when he didn't have a soul. Like, he, as soon as he got the soul back, like, he, he became, I remember even saying it on this podcast, like, oh, oh boy, like, we have, we have, we, we have crappy Much Sam to the back. chagrin of everyone else. He feels bad about everything. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting uh, to me that, you know, they, they have this back and forth and, Actually, you know, in talking about it with you now, I'm, I'm actually kind of liking this scene a little bit more. But it's 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 this thing where I like it for where the show is going and for what the show is showing us. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I and I just I don't I don't need everything to be happy. But I I, I need them to get kind of over this this distrust and this anger with one another. Like they need to figure this out so that we can then focus on Kevin. Like I'd be very curious what's happening with Kevin yeah. right now. Um, so like they could still be doing everything that they did, but it, it, but then they throw in the brother drama, and I, I don't know. Maybe that they used to think that was the secret sauce, but it really just feels played out. If it, I don't think it's really ever going. I, I know they're going to do it probably every season from for, forever now. I don't ever think it's going to feel natural again the way that it used to. Um, I could be wrong. I hope I get to eat my words. Um, but I just feel like they're at they they came to a place of understanding with each other. And it was so good. Uh, and of course they can argue about stuff and like, that's totally fine, but they should always, it feels like they should be out in the open with each other yeah. rather than, you know, again, Dean digs at Sam about, well, why did you turn your phone off for a year? Like fuck off, get my, get in the car. Um, and that's it. That's, it just sucks. That sucks. And, and I watched the scene and I was sort of put in a bad mood by it. Not in a bad mood, but I, I, you know, it darkened my, my vision of what this episode was going to be. Thankfully, it brightens right the hell back up. <laughs> because the boys drive over to the crime scene at this job that Dean has found. Uh, there's a brief discussion about like what makes this case worthy of the, the, the boys' attention. Mm-hmm. Sam is questioning, like, this, this doesn't really seem like a case. Uh, Dean says... To be fair, it doesn't. It does not. Yeah, she, she, you know, she says she blacked out. She killed her husband, um, and he and Sam says, "Well, this—I mean, that sounds just like insanity." And he's like, "Well, you know what? I'm just—I'm just questioning over here when 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 decapitation became not my thing." And I'm like, "I mean, sure, but it, I can't, it can't be like—I don't know the stats or anything. Like, it can't be a common thing, but I'm sure it's way more common than like Dean Ch- Winchester has to check out every decapitation decapitation case yeah, on the in the country." Right. Um, but who cares? Because they walk up and introduce themselves as FBI agents and find that Garth, the Texas Ranger, has arrived in full-on fringe cowboy jacket and oh, yeah. ten-gallon cowboy, cowboy hat. hat. Oh man, it's so good! I I started to write about how you know Sam. They're standing there in their FBI suits, and Sam's hair is just blowing beautifully in the wind. It's just the breeze has caught it, and it's fluttering behind him like like an angel's wing. I just want to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then suddenly we are just distracted by this beautiful slow mo of garth like turning around like fixing his hat whatever the hell he's doing he's he's Uh, he's, he has his hat in his hand and he's waving it as if he is hot and he needs some breeze like that classic like like you can almost hear it like i don't know baby since i've hung out with country people all my entire life but i could whoa man it is hot out here huh boy (laughs) like you could just can hear that like crazy accent thing happening um 
but this is this is all great uh they 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 find out like they go over and talk to him pull him away from everything and um he's basically like they first they question why he's a texas ranger and he's like hey man i, I do what works for me uh and he gives everybody big 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 hugs um he gets a, a phone call and I guess the show wanted to ha- to have several different unique ringtones that are all based on like yeah. <laughs> classic songs, but they couldn't get the rights to the song or even the ringtones, so they just make bad versions of it. Like, I think this is uh maybe Baby Got Back or something, and it's just Back Back Baby or some shit like that. Like, it's really weird. Did no, you know this is uh this is what the hell was it? Um, I thought it was Crisscross, whatever, whatever that song is. Maybe I was wrong. It's really hard. I didn't pay a lot of attention to it, but sure. that's what I thought it was. It comes up uh, noticeably at the very end with Hammer Time, where it's just like, it doesn't even sound like the bank. It just it sounds like the song. It's just one guy going, Hammer Time! Hammer Time! <laughs> over and over into a mic, which maybe we should sell at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is already, well, first of all, first of all, he's got to hug them. Um, yes, of course. Can we, talk about, can we talk about the hug? Because <laughs> Dean's like, oh yeah, I forgot he was a hugger. Um yeah, he gets he gets his calls. He's giving advice to another hunter, um, and Sam asks if Garth is the new Bobby, and he responds, "Absolutely yes." Uh, yeah, and says, "You know, you guys were gone. Bobby was dead. Somebody had to pick up the slack that, that you guys left, and you know we we have to do this. Like there's there are other there's other stuff getting out there done. I do love when he gets this phone call from Earl about the Revenant." He just loudly and clearly is like, "Oh, well, you're what you're going to want to do is stab that thing yeah, in the heart, yeah. bury it, light it yeah. on fire." Like, a, 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 like Sam and Dean are both looking around, like, "Can you not just yell this stuff out into the middle of a crime scene? <laughs> it sounds very weird." Yeah. yeah. Um, but Dean is, is 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 Sam doesn't seem to care that much, but he's just kind of shake. He's got kind of taken aback by it. Dean seems actively angry that he has taken up the the mantle of Bobby Singer. Yeah, because bo- once somebody is dead, that's the only time that Dean truly likes them. Um, <laughs> or, or calls or defends them or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, he, that means Castiel's still alive because he talks some shit about him, too. Um, uh, then they go they go to interview the uh, son of the, the couple involved in, in this, this murder. Yeah, um, I believe this is Scott. Yeah, this is Scott. Um, he doesn't know he, anything though. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my parents seemed fine. I don't know, man. What you, what you got? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Um, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing going on here. Dean takes a good old long look appraising Garth's jacket. I noticed that. Oh, good. <laughs> um, but he's also been like, he, he's he's tremendously good at like running down this this crime scene um like sam starts to take like emf and he's not getting anything and garth's like well this happened last night any you know remaining blah 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 might have faded and he's like yeah check this check that he's he's just got it covered he's he's a really good hunter yeah he's Uh, but then he's and then he steps into what looks like lime green ectoplasm and up to this point in the show uh ectoplasm always has always showed up as black so yeah. See, seeing the green jello is, is a little weird. Uh, Garth immediately wants to confirm that it's ectoplasm, so just gets a big old dollop on his finger and puts it in his mouth. And that's that's not good. <laughs> Garth, how, else, how else are you going to know? How else are you going to know? He figures it out. Smell, taste, sight. There's, like, there's four other senses that we can well, use. It's usually, it's usually black. This time it was green. He had to identify <laughs> that it still tastes the same, and clearly it did. It's like um, Skittles. All different colors, but they all taste the same. 
And presumably that came out of somebody's ear. Yes. So that's very super very gross. Good. Yeah. Very good. And then he, then Garth gets a call from the coroner who he asked to like fill him in if he, if he sees anything weird. And apparently he did. Yeah. The wife carved the word Alcott uh, into her husband's chest uh, with her fingernails, which seems like mm-hmm. a lot of work. Um, so of course, they go and interview this poor woman who can't really remember anything and uh, doesn't just just remembers going to the grocery store and then blacks out and then just comes to in the in the driveway of her after having killed her husband. She doesn't really remember anything. At one point, she says she remembers bits and pieces, and this cracks Garth up to it. To, I guess because <laughs> she cut her husband into bits and pieces too. But like he's <laughs> he's in the back just like nudging Dean, and Dean is like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, you weirdo child? <laughs> Why are you doing yeah. this?" <laughs> Um, all I could think during the scene was that it doesn't matter if they save other people and hunt other things. Like this woman's life is fucked. Yeah, no matter irrevocably, no matter what the conclusion of this, it's not going to be good. Because um, they can't like prove in a court of law that a ghost killed her husband. No, no, she she is going to jail no matter what. Like it's clear cut that she did this. Uh, we don't really talk. We we've talked in the past about the destruction that these boys leave behind them, and I know we've got it. Mm-hmm. We got it. We had a little bit of a taste of it coming back to haunt them uh, on that episode, repossessed. But uh, yeah, man, what a what a just a trail of wreckage and tears that they leave behind them. It's not great. It's not great. Um, here is where Garth decides to to ask about Alcott about the word Alcott carved into. Um, What's his name? Bon Chester? Is that his name? His is name the, is Chester. Yes. Chester? <laughs> mm-hmm. Carved into Chester's body. Uh, and she says Sarah Alcott was basically his prom date. They were high school sweethearts, uh, her and her husband, except for the one time that they like briefly broke up and he went to prom with this woman, Sarah. And I kept thinking that this woman was going to like come back in some way into this episode. Like later on, Sam goes to interview her. Mm-hmm. And, and she didn't. <laughs> um, I have to, we're, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll save it for when we get there. But yeah, she, uh, when she hears the word Alcott, she, she freaks out. Uh, so they decide after interviewing this woman to, to go to lunch. <laughs> so they go to lunch. Mm-hmm. Garth is just wolfing stuff down. Like he's talking with his mouth open. Uh, the boys are kind of taken aback by the amount of like, de- is like looking down at his burger going, all right, geez, calm down a little bit. Yeah. Um, he questions Dean about where, where he's been. And uh, Dean finally gives in. It was like, yeah, I went to the real purgatory. Yes. The real purgatory. Um, it's Garth response yeah. with, yeah. "Man, that's balls." It <laughs> seems <laughs> like that's not how you say balls. You're not, you're not doing the Bobby thing, right? Um, but obviously, instead of like discussing like how he got out or anything like that, Dean immediately deflects and he starts talking about the fact that they're in a bar that's covered in Confederate flags. Yeah, this is uh, this is weird <laughs> because just because in you know 2016, 2017, we've had so many protests about this kind of memorabilia and things. Uh, and also it's in Missouri, which I don't think a lot of people would associate with necessarily uh, a, like a super Southern state. As Garth explains, uh, Missouri was uh, a border state. So they actually had people from that joined, they had men joined the Northern army and the Southern Confederate army and had to fight against each other, uh, which leads to a really good trade. When <laughs> I, th- I think it's Sam says, where did you learn that? And he says, I went to college, <laughs> which yeah. is just really good. And both of them are like, you went to college? He's like, yeah, I went to college for a little while. And then I went to dental school. I was a dentist for a while. Where do you think I got my first case? <laughs> and Dean jokes like, oh, what'd you kill the tooth fairy? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I did. I didn't want to. Uh, 
but I had to do it. I had it's, to kill like, that miserable all, like, SOB. Yeah, he's all sad about having to kill the Tooth Fairy, but he was like, oh shit, Garth killed the Tooth Fairy. The only thing I could think of is in that um, that episode, I think it's in season four or maybe season five, where the they actually meet the Tooth Fairy for a brief moment, like the, they're in the wishing well or whatever, and that Tooth Fairy comes alive. I don't know. That happens. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, want to yeah, say it was yeah, the, yeah. With the okay. episode with Jesse, but I, I might be wrong. I just remember the wishing well. Yeah, I think I was thinking of, um, what's, yeah, that that's it. Yes. There was also yes. there was also Cupid, and then there was also I was the fairies. Of Cupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gets yeah. really confusing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Garth's first job was killing the Tooth Fairy, which I think is very hilarious and excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent added to the an excellent thing to be added to the canon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. So is this where, <laughs> what do we get? Sam's stupid flashback. We're not there yet. We're right? not there yet. We got to go back to the kid, uh, the son. Oh, of, that's right. Of the, that's right. The wife who. Uh, the son of the the woman that just killed her husband. Um, he's sitting in the truck, kind of talking to his wife on the phone, acting pretty normal. Uh, sees the guy's like, "Oh man, there's Jeff, and he wants to talk to me. I'm probably gonna have to deal with that. Look, I'll, I got to let you go. I'm just gonna go in the store, get my stuff, and then leave." Um, when he puts the phone down, though, like a change comes over him, and as he walks in, we see ectoplasm leaking from his ear, and he's obviously way more aggressive, and like you can just tell there's been a difference. Uh, he walks over to the coffee pot, fills up a steaming hot. Th- cup of coffee when jeff walks over and is basically like oh man i just heard about your folks like there's anything you need at all anything at all and he says yeah i need that money that you owe me and then he throws the coffee in this dude's face and then proceeds to beat the shit out of him with a shovel until he dies (laughs) until there was a shovel nearby by the way he did walk into the store with the (laughs) getting the shovel yep uh fully murders the dude uh that sucks um, and then what do we see in the reflection of the mirror? Confederate ghost, uh, possessing him. <laughs> yes. Uh, kind of flickering in and out of existence, which in that, that classic kind of supernatural way. So yeah, definitely a weird case of, of ghost possession happening here. Um, then we see Sam and Dean here, uh, investigating the, the scene and Dean's like, first the mother, now the son. Uh, what do we have? A ghost with an Oedipus complex? And then Sam looks at him and Dean looks back at Sam. It's just, I don't know what that means. I don't actually know what that means. It's such a great fucking line, man. <laughs> I don't know what that really means. Um, they also see the word Sussex written in blood on the, on the, on the wall. So there, there's, yeah. there's, there's a, what they call in the biz, a clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Garth comes back. He he arrives at the scene. He's interviewed the kid, and of course the kid is you know he doesn't remember anything, just like the mom. Um, and uh, he steps in more goo. Steps uh, in more goo, and mm-hmm. he's wearing one of Bobby's old hats that that Bobby had like left in his car long long time ago, which Dean immediately snatches from him because apparently he's not allowed to wear it because he was wearing it wrong. That's not how you wear that. I think it's what Dean says. Uh, <laughs> just I like the idea of Garth and, and Bobby on a Rougarou hunt. By the way, like if you're gonna. If we're ever going to make uh, like supernatural stories that you bring all these old actors back, uh, yeah, please do this. <laughs> like, please make the the yes, Bobby and yes. Garth Rougarou hunt and a whole episode for us. Uh, we just need an anthology series that's just random characters doing random hunts together. I am over the course of Chris. Few I years. am a hundred percent into this. Like the like almost like a Black Mirror thing, except have it be yeah. have it actually like kind of contribute to the canon of the show and like stuff can cross over and, and stuff like that would be really fucking dope. Imagine getting an episode that was uh, Ellen, Joe, and Ash, like, walking oh, a case. Oh, oh. Fucking great. Uh, the boys decide to come up with a plan. Um, or actually, I'm sorry. They watch the surveillance footage and see, like, the weird uh, pestilence effect, like, where the, the dude's face is just a yeah, bright, bright yeah. light. 
Um, and so they decided to come up with a plan. Dean and Garth are going to go do research. They're going to go investigate Sussex. Uh, Sam is going to go interview Sarah Alcott, um, this woman who his to the dead guy went to prom with that one time years ago. Chris, yeah. this chick <laughs> is so weird. <laughs> very weird i don't know like they 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 must have told her to lay like the southern bell charm on like real strong because she comes off as like this weird and we've seen this before with sam where these like middle-aged to elderly women are just really sexually attracted to him yeah. and, and that hot, feels hot for sam and yeah, it feels, like, feels like they like just leaned like, into that so hard yeah she looks like she wants to eat him alive and like girl i don't blame you but how does that play into this episode she's got the chester grin and, and just like she just at one point she ref- she's he's like uh did you go with you know Chester to the prom? You know, did did you have a relationship after that? And she's like, "Oh, honey, you know, back then yeah. I was I, I was a naughty girl." And I'm like, "What yeah. the fuck are you talking about? Did yeah. you go to prom with the dude or not?" <laughs> she seductively takes off a slipper or something. Like she was, uh, she, yeah. I think she says, "Me and that old tomcat went to prom one time." Yeah. Like, excuse me, yeah. <laughs> Sarah. I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, all right. Uh, but um, she she says that you know they, they even though she saw them around town, uh, she never had any interaction with them because the wife kept her on such a short leash um so yeah i i this woman was so over the top and so it's it's such a like a crazy supernatural way that i thought that she was definitely going to come back before the end of the episode and she doesn't which is hilarious it's like is this a red herring or is this just a lot (laughs) we don't know i I think like i think it's just a lot i think somebody was just having a little bit of fun this today (laughs) yeah um but of course this this is where sam has his fucking flashback now (laughs) i like one of the flashbacks in this uh episode but this is not that one where he's lying in bed with uh amelia because he's just like remembering like like oh i remember having sex before um I guess this makes sense because that chick was like basically like dripping to get at him and as he's leaving like oh yeah I remember the last time that I had sex with a woman with a real human woman (laughs) Um, and she is like laying on his chest uh, in the dark telling him about her husband who died in Afghanistan and it's you know she's just basically just telling him her her story and that's all fine and and good but it's just sort of like they're lying there brooding about how they've lost people and okay all right oh okay i all right thank you and then yeah. the flashback ends and then the flashback ends i um I, I think the interesting thing here is that this like it sounds i think if sam was in any other condition this would sound like a case because he's like you know something he just changed something came over him he enlisted he said he wanted to do the right thing and he didn't talk to me about it and you know and then it just it happened so fast and then he was dead i I think i think like if it had been a year before this sam would have been like well did um did you have any sulfur around the house did you smell rotten eggs or like was there something going on uh so we go to Dean and Garth, um, and Dean is basically not letting Garth drink because the last time we saw Garth, he had one beer and got lit up to the point that yeah. he passed out. Yeah. yeah. Um, Garth starts trying to kind of lay this on a little thick. Uh, he uses he uses the word "idiot" and uh, sets mm-hmm. Dean off because he used a word, and then um, yeah. says like, "Hey, like, you know, I, I I could be here for you and Sam just like Bobby was. Like, if you need somebody to talk or you need to help with the case, like, please don't." Re-. And Dean just freaks the fuck out and starts yelling yeah. at, at Garth, who does not deserve this whatsoever. No, it's this scene or this whole episode with Garth, as much as he was like lightening the mood a lot, he also made Sam and Dean and in, in, in particular Dean just look like a real asshole. And I, I always 
like seeing the characters through other people's eyes. But here it just makes Dean seem mean. I don't have a lot of sympathy for post-Purgatory Dean, and I and I should. But it just it seems like we've been through all this before, but now it's just nastier. It's less fun. And and I don't know. He just he comes around in like a minute when because because Garth has a great moment here where he's like, "Hey, um, we all lost Bobby. He didn't just belong to to you and Sam. Like he was, he meant something to all of us. He was important. He was an important part of the Hunter community. And I'm just trying to take this this curse and make <laughs> something good out of it because I have to. It's something a lot. His line is very similar to that. He's basically, I'm trying to take what Bobby taught me and and try to pay it forward for so other hunters have somebody that they can turn to. Sorry that I I tried to to fill this role for you. Obviously. I shouldn't have, but you don't have to be a freaking dick about it. Uh, and that's when, when Dean is like, all right, well, let's, let's work this case. That's as nice as he's going to be here. Um, Dean saying, you're never going to be Bobby, and Garth responding with, Bobby belonged to all of us, Dean, not just you and Sam, is probably some of the best writing in season eight so far. Like I, mm-hmm. It just it teaches Dean such a, such a lesson here, like, and it just puts Dean in its place to a degree that I, I, I really enjoy, because he has been... Such an incredible dick to everybody around him, except for Benny, since he got out of purgatory. Um, and like, we- why would you not be nice to Garth? Garth is like so enthusiastic to see you. He's just he's doing all the right things. He's helping out, but you have to just keep being mean to him for no reason. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and you know, for no reason, you could you could argue like, oh well, Garth is assuming a role of, of a person that right, he right, that you right. know deemed respected and loved and like yeah he is and you should be happy that that's happening like that's that is a role that is obviously needed in this community and somebody is volunteering their life to do it like you should treat them with just a little bit of respect on it <laughs> yeah um dean as you said changes the subject he figured out what sussex is uh the kid and the uh, the guy that the kid killed had a company together they called it sussex and the kid who died uh uh, ran it to the ground and bankrupted it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we know that there's uh there's some grudge stuff going on. Not like the grudge, but like these people had grudges. <laughs> like Tool Song, the grudge, you mean? Yeah, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> Garth so finds Sam a, calls. Yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, go ahead. I was going to say Sam calls. Uh, he finds that, let's see. Um, oh, <laughs> Sam doesn't find anything. Sam just calls, and then Garth finds the green goo uh, mentioned in Bobby's notes, and then that means it's a specter or an avenging ghost, and it forces you to act upon like old betrayals and grudges that you're carrying. Um, so the last one, as in Bobby's notes, and it, I guess it's kind of like Dad's diary, but it's Bobby's diary. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one that Bobby found was after a grave was desecrated. So Garth does some searching, or one of them does, finds out that a um, that the Confederate Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, not the regular Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, the Confederate one was recently uh, desecrated. So they head over to the they head to the the graveyard during the day just seems so they like can come back at seems night. Seems like a bad plan. <laughs> And not only do they just come back at night, but like Dean, presumably Dean's driving, we don't see, is just whipping the Impala through this dark cemetery Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. Which is like, I thought you guys didn't want to get caught, but clearly you wanted to alert the entire state of Missouri where what you were doing. This, um, there's a lot of really awkward exposition that happens within these scenes where Sam asks, well, I thought that the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier was in Arlington, and Garth turns and explains, like, well, this is actually the Confederate Tomb of the Unknown Soldiers. You see, what they did was take yeah. this faceless yeah. and nameless man, and, like, it, 
this is going to keep coming up throughout the episode of just this show trying to explain the Confederate war, the Civil War to people, to, to the watcher, to the viewer. And I'm like, come on, y'all. I'm not like, it's fine to have a gimmick, but I'm like, you don't have to go into history lesson mode, though. Right, right, right. Um, uh, so they, they, they break in at night. Uh, Sam finds a hair tie in his bag, which is not never, ever going to come back to. But like, it's just weird. I guess he keeps remembering Amelia all over the place. Uh, they. The place looks clean. All the police report says is like there were some kids messing around. But when they open up the grave, it looks like everything's there. Like the, the his old gun is still there, and like his old sword is still there, and all that stuff would actually be you know worth money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but they decide, well, they got to salt and burn this mf'er anyway, and um, you know they they prepare to do that. Garth says he wants to like say a few words, so Dean's like, all right, yeah, fine, and then he says, we won, and then drops the uh, the match on him. I'm like, all right, Dean. Guess, guess Dean's carrying grudges all over the place in this episode. <laughs> we jump over to the uh, to the police station where they've got this kid in jail, and uh, he starts kind of gasping for air, and uh, tells the the cop on duty like, "Hey, I need my inhaler," uh, and it's in it's in the evidence lockup. For whatever reason, when the the cop touches this inhaler, he forgets about the other dude. So presumably, and we never go back to it. Presumably, that guy's dead, right? Like that kid's dead. He yeah, died I from guess like. Is it because he had, like, the coin fell out of there, too? I saw keys, and I saw the inhaler, at, like, fall out of the evidence bag. So, the, mm-hmm. the coin must have also been in there, right? Coin, yeah, the coin was there. We'll, we'll get, when we get to our sound garden montage, which is a, a phrase yeah. I can't believe I'm saying, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it, explain how this coin winds up in various places. But I'm, I'm just talking about, like, because the, the cop gets affected by this curse, goes up, grabs a shotgun, and blows his, his boss away as he's sitting there eating lunch. The kid is still having an asthma attack in the jail cell, so, right? Nobody's helped that well, guy, so he's just dead, tough, huh? Tough shit for him, I guess. I guess. Sorry, bud. We didn't have time to film your death, but you're definitely dead. We're uh, definitely dead. And yeah, this is another grudge thing, because we, we had seen very briefly, like, the cop was like, the sheriff was like, you know, give me these reports, and the guy was like, fuck you, old man. Uh, <laughs> just a great thing to say to your boss. <laughs> fuck you, old man. <laughs> At that point, uh, what happens next, Chris? Um, I got a little lost in my notes. I'll be honest with you. Let's see. Uh, oh, the, the boys oh, show up to investigate it. So yeah, uh, yeah. The, everything just it starts jumping around from because they you know we're in the last half of the episode. We got to get things done. Yeah. Um. So they show up and Sam immediately kind of thinks, oh well, we we burned the bones, but we must have missed one of the objects. Like some, I bet they did steal something. Uh, we should go figure out what it is. They interview this cop, and the cop says. Uh, I kind of missed this. The cop says something about like one of his other police officers like going to the hospital and being yeah, enraged so somebody, or something. Somebody tackled the gunman, the cop who who had shot his boss, but then just took the gun from him and left. So apparently he also touched the coin during that exchange, um, and he like went off to the hospital. So then we see uh, the cop rolling up on the hospital with a gun. And uh, Dean makes the decision, I'm going to go chase after the cop with the gun, who's ultra-violent. You two people should go to the library, where you can do some more exposition about the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Yeah, <laughs> this time, yeah, get into yeah. some real, like, Weekly World News conspiracy theory shit for you, for us, please. Two, uh, two people on research, one person on, on combat. Fight duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It does not seem like optimal team makeup to me. I mean, I'm, what do I know? I'm just a gamer, Chris. I don't know about that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm just right. a, I'm just a hardcore underscore gamer. I'm just a humble gamer. <laughs> just a humble gamer. <laughs> uh, so Sam and Garth are like walking into the library. Uh, Garth starts going in on like, hey, if you ever want to talk, if you, I, I could be there for 
you and Dean, and we could always talk about anything. It doesn't have to be hunting stuff. And Sam just stops. Garth just keeps going in, talking about how he had a cousin that had died or something, but he used to have a problem. Like, it just walks into the library without realizing <laughs> Sam isn't there. Uh, Sam, on hearing the word talk, goes into his own little little mind yeah, computer and yeah. decides to have a little flashback of his own. Chris, I haven't really said it once this episode, but I, I have to say it. Getting real tired of the flashbacks. They need to. I. I. Yeah, same. This is the only one that I only kind of liked, and it was the shortest one. Um, and so it's like waking up like the morning after with Amelia, and she is like, I don't want you to pity me. Like, that's clearly what's going on here. Um, she has no idea that she's already been stung and she's about to stay stung. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she doesn't want Sam's pity. Um, and for me, I don't know why, but watching this and imagining, cause Sam is like, that's not at all what I'm doing. And just imagining this, like, cause she's like, now you know how broken I am and how sad I am. And you're just going to like, look down on me and you think I'm somebody who needs to be fixed or something. And it's just like Sam trying to be like, that is not at all what I think because he's a, a, a train wreck himself. Like if anybody understands what it's like to be broken, it's this dude. Um, and it kind of just ends there. Cause she leaves before he can say anything. And he's left kind of like, damn. All right. Well, that that's that, I guess. Uh, and I don't even like, like the follow-up that they have at the end of the episode. It was just this one moment of Sam trying to interact with the person who, who he could probably relate to, but because of his position and the weird, unique life he's had, he can't actually like, articulate his position his um hapless sam in the bed of this like tiny comforter that he's he, that he's got on his body <laughs> with the, the yeah. flower print and he's wearing yeah. you know the the under the white undershirt or whatever because he's you know mm-hmm. i guess you have to sleep in bed i guess we weren't ready for nipple action for yet in season eight no. thank no. you supernatural people for not letting us be ready for nipple action just yet um it, 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 the, the whole picture is very funny to me because he clearly doesn't know how to talk to this woman yeah. Uh, the only way that he was really capable of talking to her before is because, she, you know, they both got up a little lit up because every single time we see this woman in her hotel room, like she's, she is, she'd be drinking, Chris, she'd be drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, 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 it's very, I'm not, I don't want to say fun, like, it looks funny. Like him just like oh, look, yeah. looking yeah. around, like, what, what did I do? Why do I yeah. can't believe this happened to me is, is, is very funny to me. Uh, thankfully the, the flashback ends there and then Garth comes back out. He's like, Hey, come on. Go inside. Um, we yeah. got lore to dig up. Yeah, uh, at this point, we're, it, they start flash f- flickering back and forth uh, pretty rapidly between our two our two groups of people. Uh, Dean arrives at the hospital, uh, sees the the policeman's truck. Uh, we get a scene on the inside of this police guy shooting at one of the nurses there, and basically yelling at him because he was the umpire in their company softball game, and he called him out when he stole second base. That's the re- that's yeah. this, that's this dude's grudge. Uh, over on the other side, Sam and Garth have recruited the the local librarian uh, to give them a conspiracy theory that happens to be right, <laughs> which yeah, is really nice yeah, for that yeah. to work, all work out. Like, so oh, Pat. we all believe that this man is actually the uh, unknown Confederate soldier, and he. 
um, what is it that like they two brothers fought on different sides of the Civil War. Uh, one of them died, and the other cursed the other with his last breath or something. Q Q Sam's Sam's wonderful question because proving that he went to Smanford after all, which is you know. Are you meaning to tell me brothers fought against brothers in this war? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what are you... <laughs> are you telling me that there's enemy brothers? <laughs> That's... I mean, like, I, I wonder if they told him that the name of the episode was going to be Brother versus Brother because, of, you know, the two layers there because, obviously, our, our brothers are fighting in of real life course. and these of brothers course. were fighting in, in their real life a couple hundred years ago. Uh, Dean shows up and, like, tries to, to smack this dude with the with the gun around, uh, but he ain't having it. He, he's got super strength and super abilities. Super ghost strength, yeah. Um, and super ghost strength, somehow he converts the coin over to Dean, uh, and the, the, you know, the, coin fall, the cursed coin falls into Dean's hand, and then he is the one who now becomes possessed. Meanwhile, Sam and Garth learn that uh, this dude, this one guy, the unknown soldier who has a picture of, <laughs> of his face in a book, yeah, um, carried around a penny on his on a necklace, and so they immediately figure out that uh, oh yeah, that's the penny is probably what it is. So mm-hmm. they uh, they try to call Dean. He doesn't answer his phone, and then the next scene is when they go into the hotel room and find Dean, his phone actively ringing from Sam trying to call it, just sitting there on the on the bed. And when Sam comes in, he cocks a gun and uh, says, "Like, hey, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you, Sammy." Hasta la vista, baby. Hasta, hasta la vista, Sammy. In yeah. his best, in his best Arnold voice, I guess. It was a weird choice, but he's ghost possessed. You know, you never know what you're going to do. You never know. Um, um, what he says is, is Sam should have searched for him while he was in purgatory. Mm-hmm. Um, he, yeah, he, he kind of pulls up all the old, um, all the old things. He's, Oh wait! Sam's no wait! Like, wait! Right. Wait! Before we get into the meat of that, we have to go through Ooh. the Soundgarden montage that I mentioned earlier. Oh, that's right! That's right! That's yeah. Right. So three uh, days earlier, three days earlier, fell on Black Days is playing. We see uh, these kids breaking into the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and like fucking about. One of them grabbing the coin, and then we see the kid paying with the with the coin at the grocery store that the the chick got change at. So she went home and killed her husband, and then. The change fell into her son's pocket somehow, and then he pulled it up when he grabbed his inhaler, and then a cop got it when when he picked up the inhaler, and it just it goes through all the way, all the various things uh, that happened, yeah. and, and also showing all of the kills again, which seems a little superfluous to me, but uh, what you know, yeah. whatever. I'm, I'm I'm here for blood, I guess. Somebody really wanted to put this montage in. Somebody had had purchased uh, the rights to use this song. It was like I can't go, I can't let this money go to waste. This was thirty thousand yeah. dollars yeah. over a budget. <laughs> Um, also, the uh, the '90s uh, alt kid and in, inside me just really, really enjoyed this jam a whole lot. It's honestly, it's it's not a bad montage. It's just like you said, it's a bit superfluous to just see all of this. Um, but at the same time, I guess it's fine. It's a cool little thing to see the the journey of the coin, as you put it, in, in yeah, uh, when you texted me. Um, oh, that's that's straight from the Wikipedia, by the way. I was looking at the oh, music wow. credits, and oh, the wow. music credit listed um, the song as Soundgarden dash fell on black days parentheses the Penny's journey, which I don't. Oh, I'm pretty sure is not on that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I, think it's like that on the on the know. on the album, right? The liner notes do not say the Penny's journey, um, and they don't usually show us stuff like this that like the characters wouldn't be privy to at any point because they're never going to know the journey of the coin exactly. Um, but it's yeah, it, it works. It's fine. We don't really need it, but it, but it works. Um, 
And yeah, and this is this is where Dean starts laying into Sam about you know you done a lot of shit. Why didn't you look for me? Um, and it's it's the it's the classic. It's the classic. One of the boys is possessed, and he's about to get some shit off his chest. Um, Dean says that Sam has always kind of been full of it. He's never wanted this life. Dean has given him everything, but but Sam has never wanted anything to do with it. Uh, and Sam says. You know, I've made some mistakes. I know that, but like, you don't want to kill me. Um, and just Dean decides he wants to list off Sam's mistakes. Uh, he names like the demon blood. He names, you know, it being in cahoots with, with Ruby, uh, losing his soul and not telling Dean about it, going off with Grandpa Samuel for a year doing God knows what. And, and while well, Dean thought that Sam was dead and, and not telling him and all these things. And um, Dean says that he has never betrayed Sam. I don't know if that's true. He certainly lied to him. Um, but he, he says he's never betrayed him. He's never left him to die. And then Dean kind of screams. And this this part is, it's like you said earlier, it's cathartic to just at least finally hear Dean say it. He says, you let me left me to die for a girl. Now, that's not exactly how it was, but that's the crux of the situation. And that's the root of Dean's issues here. Uh, and that I can buy when they're just going to come out and they're going to say it and not just act shitty to each other when they're actually going to discuss the problems that they have. Then I buy it. Then I'm back on Dean's side a little bit more. Um, and, and that makes total sense that he feels like, wow, while I was in literal like monster war zone for one whole year fighting for my life every second that i was in there you you got a girlfriend and that sucks and he could have said that to begin with and sam could have just explained himself but they don't but anyway instead of explaining himself sam grabs the gun and punches dean in the face uh they fight sam gets tossed around finally garth tries to intervene because He's not the target of Dean's grudge. That's that's not how this this ghost shit works. So he's he's kind of safe. Um, Garth says, "You don't want to hurt him. You've been protecting him your whole life or his whole life, whatever." Um, starts to say some some kind of some Bobby stuff. Um, and this is where Dean says that Benny has been more of a brother than Sam has ever been. He says, "Sam, like, what? Well, fuck you." Dean, fuck you. That's literally what I wrote in my notes now that I'm seeing this. I wrote, fuck you, Dean. Fuck you. For saying that Sam... Benny has been a better brother than Sam ever was. Fuck um, that. Uh, um, don't like he this says, at all. Sam, Sam let him down. Castiel let him down. The only person who has never let him down is Benny. Awesome, Dean. You've known this dude for like six months. Get over yourself. Stop it. Yeah. Um, I, I hate this. And I know it's like the bad part talking, but like at a certain point... And I know this is, again, this is Dean's grudge coming forward. At a certain point, the writers forgot, or they chose to ignore, the fact that they created a wonderful cast of characters that we really like. We love Sam. We love Castiel. We love Bobby. We even love Garth here. They focus in on Dean's perspective. And I said this at the beginning, and I think I was being a little bit negative when I first started. I was being a little bit hard on Dean because he was being mean to my boy Sam. But this time, it really starts to feel like they are forgetting that these other characters have motivations and they deserve to have their own personal arcs and their personal motivations. And it shouldn't just, the show shouldn't just come down each and every time to Dean says it's bad. So it's bad. We should have gotten Castiel's side of the story a little bit more in season six. Like we should have been able to say, or it should be up to the viewer to say, you know, I, I understand the, what he did. They gave him a, an episode for it, but mm-hmm. in the end, it, 
he was still condemned by Dean, so he looks like he's a bad guy. Uh, and it's the same thing with Sam. Dean decides you're bad, and you're bad. And again, I don't even think that's the character. I think that that's the writing. There is a little bit of the uh, of that sort of address at the very end of this episode, as if the writers were like, okay, we are somewhat aware of the way that we've been portraying this character. Um, but anyway, he says all of this, and 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 Garth clobbers him, and Dean drops the coin. Um. I want to get into a little bit of this before mm-hmm. before we, we we talk about uh, the the end of this scene because um, the betrayal stuff really rings hollow and uh, I, I, I here's the thing you can say that um, you can when when Dean says you you left me to die for a girl that's not true but it's the right. way that Dean feels and I can accept it as that and I think that they, that's something that you can say saying something like uh, has been a better brother to me. Benny has been a better brother to me in the last year than you have my entire life. Is is just so fucking off the wall insane. I don't I don't even know how to approach it. And and I know I realize the the caveat here is always going to be well he he was under the influence of the specter so like it, he's just super mad like all of those emotions are amplified past way way more when they would have been. But Sam's going to dismiss that at the end of this episode, and I'm I'm kind of want to dismiss it now because. I think Dean is really this mad, and I think it's he's so angry that it's causing him to to lose his rationality, that lose his ju- his mm-hmm. sense of judgment. Because it, it you know horrible things have happened to this dude over the last year, like being basically on the run twenty four seven, being terrified, losing Castiel, not ever knowing if you were going to make it home. That can all have a serious effect on on your life, and it can. But since he's come back, he hasn't tried to come back to that life. He just has come back to kind of just yell at sam the whole time and and maybe kevin yeah. if kevin had stayed around like kevin got yelled at quite a bit because kevin had the audacity to want to go see if his mom was okay uh the the only time that he this dude has been happy is when he's been just on the job and not even like the main job that they haven't talked about for three episodes which is finding these tablets it's all just you know trying to find a monster and then try to kill it uh yep. it's I, I just I, again, it's it's all about anger issues. It's and I think that you could write this so that it does work. So that because there's there is the thing, there is the idea of being so mad at a person that you literally can't talk to them. Like you have to have you have to be able to be able to speak to somebody to if you know what I'm saying for that for that to start healing. I I feel like everything that we've been leading up to, like. Season six, season five, season six, season seven. Sam and Dean would be able they they have the tools to work around this without all of this business. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I get frustrated it, at the writing because it's like it disregards so much of the growth that they wrote already. Yeah. The wonderful growth that we got to see these characters go through. All for like this scene, uh, which feels good. Which you get, you know, anytime you throw these boys together like in a room and they start acting at one another, I feel like it works. Uh, Jensen sell, always sells this stuff so hard and so yeah. well that it's 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 fun to watch him just lose control, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons the show is good is because because of that. Uh, I I just yeah, it's all of this stuff about Benny. It, it we just don't have all we've seen him do is save Castiel one time, and mm-hmm. I, I know that that's I know a lot of people believe like that's the moment that that it turned like that was the moment that Dean knew he could trust Benny, and I'm like, well, I mean. Like you are all like there three is better than two on this war against the monsters that you guys are trying to lead. You know what I'm saying? Like right, just right. literally saving anybody on the team is the least you can fucking do. Uh I don't necessarily mean that you can trust that dude for life at that point, but I mean, especially because he's a vampire. 
Especially because the first thing that he did when he got out was go attack a bunch of other vampires and they draw you into his bullshit. Like, it's okay just to not ever talk to that dude again. Like, you don't have to be his his best friend for life. So right. Um, it's yeah. I don't know. It just none none of this feels right. None of this feels right. And I don't know how like um a lot of fans feel about it. I I feel like I always was along for the ride with Supernatural. Like I was never the super judgy person trying to um say like well the show's not giving me what i want and i'm angry about it but i didn't like the show as much as i had previously when i was watching this for the first time and it and i felt that like for real i think at some point in this season i came around because i have positive impressions of season eight overall um but yeah here it's it's still very frustrating to to see them disregard so much of the growth that they gave the characters over the year you know going through an experience can certainly change you if it's traumatic or impactful enough, but that doesn't mean that they have to like just throw away everything else that we earned as an audience. I feel like we've earned some respect between these boys. You know what I mean? Like we shouldn't have to endure their, the, the drama that gets written in again and again, because like we've been with these characters for so long and we understand that this shit rings hollow, but here we are. And again, I like this episode, uh, and I, like you said, this is very cathartic for them to finally have the conversation, but there's been too much of the, as Sam puts it, I think, the holier-than-thou kind of thing, the sanctimonious crap. That's what uh, is going to end up saving this episode for me, is the conversation Sam Mm -hmm. and Dean eventually have at the end of this, and Sam sticking up for himself. Um, We'll get there in just a second. Uh, Meanwhile, Garth just picks up the coin. Mm <laughs> and and says basically like oh don't worry I'm I'm all good I'm all good and then the scene ends and I'm like wait a minute excuse me everybody that's picked this up you just showed me twelve people picking up this coin and then freaking the fuck out what what's happened and of course they come back and it's uh, Dean and Garth saying goodbye to one another Garth explains that he doesn't have any of those old grudges he doesn't have anything that he's that he's holding his heart as hatred he works all of that out with his yogi and his Sega Genesis. Which is yeah. extremely charming, Gar. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, um, doesn't hold grudges. And then says, you know, hey, you're being a real idiot about Sam, uh, specifically using the word idiot there. And mm-hmm. it, you know, you you have to be able to talk to him. Like you have to be able to to, to tell him all of this stuff. You can't just be mad at him all the time. And uh, Dean doesn't really say anything in re- in response. He just gives him uh, Bobby's hat back and tells him, you know, he can wear the hat however he wants to, basically. And then mm-hmm. Garth gives him a big hug and then leaves. Um, but not before one of the funniest lines in this episode where he gets a phone call about, with a guy trying to fight a Wendigo. And he's like, well, do you have a flare gun? Or do you have a flamethrower? Well, then, buddy, you need to get some sneakers on because you're going to have to run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really good. I love that uh, line, man. That's so funny. I'd love the adventures of Garth. God, I just, I mean, it doesn't have to be an hour long, CW. Just, you know, 22-minute sitcom. That's what I'm looking for with Garth. <laughs> uh, so is this is this where we get the... Oh, no. We get one more Sam flashback. We're not through with him yet. Do we oh. really? Do we have... Oh, Jesus There's Christ. Yeah, we do. Oh, okay. Flashback. He goes to see Amelia. She tries to shut the door on him, and he's like, no, I'm too strong. You can never close the door on me. Um, he was out in her bushes previously, I assume, like, lying in wait. Or he laid on the hood of the Impala for two and a half hours wait for her to look out the window and see him reading the newspaper yep. with, his, with nothing but his socks on but uh she never looked out so he had to actually like come to the door and, and knock um and he's like listen listen babe i don't pity you um he admits that 
you know, he lost his brother, his world imploded, and he ran away from it all. And this is like the inner justification, I guess, that they were supposed to apply to Sam for, for why he did what he did. Was that? And, and I think, I don't like what Sam did. I don't like that Sam abandoned Kevin, and I don't like that Sam didn't look for Dean. But at least I can understand where he's like, yeah, for like, you know, the first time in my life, not only, I mean, I'd lo- he'd lost his brothers before, but for the first time in his life, not only was Dean gone, but so was literally every single other person. He didn't have anybody anymore. Um, Bobby was gone. Castiel was gone. Ellen and Joe were gone. You know, whoever. Like, it doesn't matter. It was He wasn't going to call Garth. He didn't really know him. Um, everybody oh, he knew was gone. Kevin was he, gone. Crowley Kevin was, was gone. gone. Like, he had no supernatural connection whatsoever. He, yeah. was just, he, was just, he was just out there by himself. And we, we saw Sam get real fucking dark and desperate in season three. Uh, or I guess in between season three and season four, uh, first of all, with um, the trickster episode, um, mystery spot, we see that like six month window where he like goes crazy and is like willing to kill Bobby to bring Dean back because he just gets so dark about it all. And then there's the actual reality where Sam couldn't find a way to bring Dean back from hell. He couldn't he couldn't find a way to break the deal that he's killing crossroad demons and turning to to demon blood in, in order to to make something right like he should know himself that he's not really emotionally equipped to deal with this shit so him sort of stepping out of the game is probably the safest thing that he could have done um and it's i i, I don't like it i don't like that he did i wish that he was more heroic and, and, and he stepped up um and and tried to to do the right thing to save dean or to find kevin or whatever it was i wish that he had done that but i understand why he didn't um and that's sort of what we get from from this flashback, I guess. I'll be, um, I, the thing that I thought that was about to happen here was, um, Amelia talks a lot about running away. Like after her, after her husband died, she couldn't face everybody's kind of pitiful stares and she didn't want to be able to, she didn't want to handle all of the pity and all of the concern going her way. So she essentially just ran away and started a new life, uh, which is what Sam is doing. And I kind of wanted them to revel in the similarity of that and, mm-hmm. and just basically accept it for what it is and say, you know what? Like that's what I thought was about to happen in this scene with Sam saying, "I, I ran away too. Like I'm, I am also running away from my problems. Let's run away together." Like mm-hmm. that to me is is a stronger connection than "Let me fix you" <laughs> or anything like that. Right, right. right. Um, it's it's I, like I would I would like to see that like them have almost a a self destructive relationship. Like I and mm-hmm. I, I know that's kind of a harsh thing to say, but they they aren't real people, so I'm not too worried about them. Um, but like I, I you know what I'm saying at that point, like yeah, oh, yeah. S- Sam. Sam loses this relationship that because it would have never worked out because they were never in it for each other. Like they were only there to be, to share some misery with one another mm-hmm. while, while they run away from all their problems. And I'd like to see Sam at the end of that, like regretting, you know, uh, enabling her to do that, enabling himself to do that. And also, you know, shirking his responsibilities. And I think he does. I think Sam honestly regrets that. I just wish it wasn't him holding that relationship. And so, so much high esteem right now yeah uh yeah. because every time you get this like wist- like especially with the fucking saturation that they keep leaning on mm-hmm. like you get the sense mm-hmm. of wistfulness and how brilliant and great this life was and i kind of wish it wasn't that like you know when we saw i think you brought this up too when we saw dean living his life with lisa and ben he had laid out all these traps just in case he needed some some supernatural fighting to, to happen and yeah. uh we got the sense that dean had finally gotten his cherry pie life or apple pie life or whatever but was not satisfied with it 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 didn't work for him that's not truly what he wanted i wish we could see the same thing with sam and maybe we will maybe maybe that'll happen over the next few episodes or what have you but that to me would ring more true than 
this this kind of puppy dog relationship where they you know they say they confess their one thing that they feel sad about this week and then they're in love with each other or something right also speaking of puppy dog where was sam's dog this whole time they, i mean he was at the vet they boarded it he's just he's just staying you know, <laughs> he's just sleeping over in this girl's room just leaving his dog somewhere he's paying the vet uh 50 a day that's why she's probably you know hanging out with him because that's that's her booze money yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so at the end of this uh dean and sam um Basically, they, they're at the Impala, uh, and and Sam says, you know, all those things you said. And Dean tries to, like, hey, I'm sorry it wasn't myself. And Sam says, no, you know, that's that's horseshit. Not at all. Her name was Amelia. I met her when I ran over a dog. We were together for a year. Like, he starts explaining this stuff. And you can tell Dean's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you, you don't have to do this. And he's like, yeah, I do. And he basically yells at Dean for getting on a high horse since he got back. And, uh, you know, Sam told him up front hey, this is exactly what I want to do. Like, I, I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with this hunter life anymore. But Dean was the one keeping secrets. He had Benny in his back yeah. pocket this entire time. Sam was trying to be upfront with everything. And he said, you know, you're, you don't get to be, you're not going to be able to do that. You can't get on your high horse and just keep continually kick me while we're together. Like, we'll do this thing and I'll decide what to do with my life. But you don't get to do that anymore. Uh, and right. I, I love this. Move on, move on, or I will. Move on, um, or I will. Fuck, yeah, fuck you, pay me. Also, another yeah, good fuck one. You pay me. Um, I, I do like this again. I like I just said. I wish that Sam had been more heroic in his time off, but yeah. he's also been honest with Dean since the beginning about everything. You know, and it doesn't make it right that he abandoned Kevin or anything like that. But at least he wasn't fucking lying about it. At least he wasn't being shady because these boys are at their worst, and I like them the least when they are being shady to each other um it's like i don't know it it doesn't create fun drama when they do it it just creates like oh man like my favorite thing about this show it's like double brother stuff isn't happening now because they hate each other um but yeah sam says move on or i will and and I, I like that the the writers like have to address that they've been making dean very much holier than thou very much looking down at Sam very much kicking him while he's down all the time. Um, and Dean says, okay, I hear you. And I thought that that was going to be the end of it. And I thought that from here, we're going to, we're going to move on. But Sam says, then hear this too. I might be that hunter that runs into Benny one day and ices him. Cause Dean had talked about how, you know, maybe a hunter will kill Benny, but it's not going to be me. And, um, Dean says, well, I guess we'll cross that, cross that bridge when we get to it. Won't we? And, Again, I kept expecting it to end on what Dean was saying, but Sam says, yeah, you keep saying that, and then he gets in the car. Now it's the end of the episode. Yeah, uh, and I'm okay with this, Chris, to be honest with you. Um, Mm -hmm. For as much as I don't, I I think it's a a little over the top when Dean, whenever they put like, oh, they're possessed or poisoned or cursed or whatever, now they can talk about how they really feel. Like, I feel like that's a little too much. I feel like this episode was saved by the presence of, of Garth in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it, the fact that we're at the end of this and I feel like Sam is finally standing up for himself and not l- just allowing Dean to kind of control his entire life, which is what has been happening since the first episode. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with this. I peeked ahead a little bit. We're, we're going to get into a little bit of like kind of metafiction stuff in the next episode. Uh, meta meta story, if you will, and I'm I'm a little bit mm-hmm. a little bit into that. Like I can't wait to see some uh, some 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 friends return. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of back on on board with season eight. 
I uh, I do need my brothers to be. I, I just need them to like go out, get drunk, and and have a cry session together. Like that. Yeah. Just 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 knock it out. Like get all of this stuff out there. Just say it out loud so that you don't have to think it anymore. Once you say it, it escapes your head, and you don't really start. You don't really think about it as much, and then it just feels better. Right. And I think so. that we're hopefully slowly working towards that because now that they've actually had like a big blowout about it, and Sam has come clean about everything that he's feeling, and um, just it's all on the table now. And I think that that. That makes these these things better in the TV show when it's the crappy behind the back, just just taste for each other. It doesn't work. But when they're fighting, it's fine. People fight. They can have arguments. And at least that's what they're doing here. At least they're talking like they like to say in the French mistake. At least they're talking. Yep. Um, does that wrap us up? I think that wraps us up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Monster of the Week. I've been Jeremy. That's been Chris. We're on Twitter. You can find me at JG Greer. You can find Chris at Local Bones. You can find the podcast at MOTWCast. Huge shout out to our patrons over patreon.com slash monster of the week. If you want exclusive content, if you want access to our Discord, if you want the ability to tell me and Chris to cover your garbage anime movie, then hit up patreon.com slash monster of the week for all of your <laughs> garbage anime movie needs. Um, Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more Monster of the Week. Bye. I should probably stop making those little jokes exclusively about anime. Like... <laughs> I feel like feel like Patches is gonna get mad at me one day. <laughs> it's not even. I wasn't even thinking. Stuck watching a bunch of anime. <laughs> I wasn't even really thinking about him when I said it. But I, when, as soon as I say garbage anime, I'm like, oh yeah, all of the anime <laughs> likers that are on their Monster Week Discord. Oh my god. How are you feeling? Did you make it through okay? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit drowsy. I think it's just the heat in here. But man, I'm glad that we did it today because I mean, who knows? I might not feel better at all this week and I have to go to work every other day because like, I don't want to take another day off I had a um, I had somebody tell me a story recently mm-hmm. and um, I won't get into the backstory but uh, he was he was at a bar um, there was this this girl there and um, he was he knew this woman from uh, from his son um, and I think his son's his his son's son his grandson was in this woman's like class or whatever and uh, the guy is telling me this story over lunch, and he's like, you know, one day I learned, because we were talking about this, happened to be talking about this woman, he's like, one day she taught me a really good way to remember things. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds weird. So he tells me the story. They're at the bar. Um, whoever they're with gets up and leaves, and she leans over, and she, she said, he said he, she sticks her tongue inside my ear. Like, this guy describes this. Like, he, he just could not believe this has ever happened. He's, and she, apparently she whispered something incredibly vulgar or something to him and uh he said and you know what i never forgot that that single time so if you really want someone to remember something that you say just lean over and stick your tongue in their ear i was like what okay. the fuck? <laughs> this is a weird story to be what? telling at lunch man can we just order a hamburger gonna go to jail what the fuck yeah it's it, it, yeah it was something strange um yeah so so that's what garth does i guess <laughs> yeah um, i don't i'm sorry i don't know why i, I brought that into this <laughs> Let's get Discord popping.
Yo. Hey. You got food in your mouth? <laughs> no. Why? <laughs> I just uh I just listened back to like my mic check or whatever, just to make sure that I always do that now to make sure that I'm using my my correct microphone. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I sound like I just found out about goth vampire culture and I'm diving head first into it. I'm like check, check, check. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> You're one of those vampires in that club that um, Dean has to go to? Yeah. Hey, is that Dean Winchester? <laughs> I can't believe how big he is. I thought it was just Does Sam. That- <laughs> Does anybody have a cigarette? <laughs> I'm kind of in the mood for a clove. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it's going to be that kind of episode, I guess. Yep. Um, although I do like the episode this week. Mm, mm. It's like the um the beginning. They start off on their bullshit again, but then they introduce Garth and it's just the boys are back it down. Yeah, yeah. Um Sorry, I still have like ice cream in my mouth. I'm just trying to talk oh. talk through it. Classic. <clears throat> okay. I think I am done. How are you feeling? I'm okay. It it keeps coming and going. Like I was like I told you, I was high I was high as fuck off my chicken noodle soup I was eating. Yeah. yeah. Uh feeling extremely lit mm-hmm. and then uh and, and well, it's, I stopped feeling like that. <laughs> now I'm back to I'm okay. I'm just kinda out of it. Yeah. You're about to be sick I, is what it sounds like. Yeah. I was like last night. So Jess was really sick. She had a, a bad headache. It never like manifested itself really as a cold, but I think it was like a real sinus headache kind of thing. And uh, I don't know if I got it from her or if it was just brewing inside my head. But last night, headache kicked in. I'm thinking I'm dehydrated or like I hadn't really had any coffee yesterday. Also, I didn't sleep on Saturday night, probably because of the full moon. I don't know. Um, were you and then, were you a werewolf? What is the full moon? I was like, I was texting Jess. I was texting Jess. I was like, I don't know, babe. I'm wolfing out. <laughs> um, just didn't but, want to shave that dude, back. I didn't want to do it. There were there were civil things, and I thought I'm not getting sick. It's just all this other stuff. I'm just tired. Um, but last night I kept getting really, really dizzy every time I stood up, and I was like, I think that might be an issue. And I'm pretty sure that's one of those um, like ear things. I was so blocked up in one ear that it was just kind of throwing me off. And I got a little bit of that when I woke up this morning, so I just was like, ah, I'm not going to work. Because I don't want to drive and be dizzy and feel like shit all day. I'd just rather stay home and feel better. Um, this is the first time I'm speaking. And I realized I probably should have like warmed up my voice. How I don't know. Talk to myself. Recite some poetry alone in my bedroom. I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll get there. Stanza one. My life as <laughs> a vampire. Stanza one. <laughs> Quoth the Raven. Today I will continue my readings of Poe. Not not the writer. The singer songwriter from the nineties. <laughs> She wrote a book, and I love it. <laughs> so, did you not hang out with Jess this weekend? No, I did, but she had work at 6 a.m. this morning, so she left yesterday. That is hella lame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had a, you know, we had a pretty decent weekend, though, so... We just, like, did a lot. Well, not even did a lot. We, like, went 
out a lot. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we went to Barnes and Noble two different times, so you know it's popping off. <laughs> the same Barnes and Noble, Noble twice. <laughs> two, no, we went to two different Barnes and Nobles. Were you looking for something specific, or just just trying one to get them, some of that energy going? One of them we was, was um we were we were just near it, and we decided to we were, we were near one Barnes and Noble. We decided to just stop in the other one. Um, I think it was a similar situation. We went somewhere else. Oh, we went to, uh, I don't remember. Oh, we were going, we were going to Target and it was near Barnes and Noble. That's what it was. <laughs> we just thought, Hey, let's go to another one. See what they got going on over there. Well, you did, you did a lot more than me and Autumn did. Did you play 25 hours of No Man's Sky in two days? I, um, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> uh, we went out to dinner on Saturday and, um, the football has started back again. The, uh, well, American football is about to start. Like European football has started back again. So like Premier League mm-hmm. games were on, and then uh, I guess it was the it was a big day for like the final not Final Fantasy for the fantasy football. <laughs> I always do that. <laughs> the Final Fantasy draft. You may be aware of it. Uh, <laughs> Extremely aware of that. Yes. Um, and the place we were at just filled up with like yelling kids and uh, like kind of bros, <laughs> frat bro kind of dudes. Yeah, no, for sure. So. That was a, that was a little weird, but we still had a good time. And um, yeah, other than that, I just yeah, I played a lot of No Man's Sky. We watched um, Mission Impossible last night, the fir- first movie. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm Autumn is in a big spy mode right now. She's reading these spy books, and then we just watched this show called Killing Eve, which was a like a Ooh. BBC miniseries starring Sandra Oh uh, about these. Um, one person, Sandra Oh, is a is a cop. She's working for like the you know. MI6 or whatever they call it over there. Mm-hmm. I, am, I don't mm-hmm. remember what it is. Um, and then there's a <clears throat> an assassin that she's trying to track down, and they kind of have this weird like relationship with one another. Um, really, really cool show. If you if you if you if you like any of that spy shit, like go find Killing Eve. But it got Autumn yeah, in the mood cool. for it, and I was like, dude, we got to watch Mission Impossible. Like, yeah, <laughs> the first one is is so ridiculous when you watch it nowadays. Um, and I, I've heard really good things about the newest one, but I haven't watched it yet. So we can that can kind of lead us to, to watching that together. And uh, and boy, Chris, Mission Impossible nowadays is a hilarious fucking movie. Um, I'm gonna go through with all of the free time that I have uh, and make a bunch of gifts of just young Tom Cruise <laughs> reacting to using the internet badly. Uh, he's yeah. he's trying to track down this contact that he has figured out is. Uh, Job three one four from a from the like a verse in the Bible, and so he's like going to. There's a scene where he goes to Usenet on a, like a graphical web browser. He goes to <laughs> literally Usenet and types in um, J O B, and it says no no results found, and like it just it flat goes back to Tom Cruise, and he's just like, come on, God. <laughs> He's, and he types in like G O B three one four, no results found. Oh, God damn it! Da, 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 da. And then he just types in the Bible, and like a, uh, a thousand results appear and scroll through. And he's just, oh, I can't. Incredible. So finally, he tracks down um, something, some web page or something, and he types the the chapter and the verse in. So there's a field for chapter, and he puts a three in. And there's a field for verse, he puts one four, and then it pops up an email client. And it wants him to email um, uh, Max, who is the contact's name, at J-O-B space 3 colon 1 4. <laughs> That's it. There's no .com or .net at the end of that. <laughs> and he is it, the email is from J-O-B at 3 colon 1 4. <laughs> Not a fit. Incredible. <laughs> and Incredible. he does it. He apparently has to find this same webpage, 
but in multiple different languages because it shows him doing it like 12 or 15 times. It's fucking great. Incredible. I love it. God, and all of the tearing the, the mask off to to reveal. I don't know if you've seen Mission Impossible in a long time or at all, but like. I, I pre- I've seen the first one and I don't remember when. And I saw the third one in theaters and that was the last time I saw it. Yeah, the third one, the second and third one are, are not super great. I got, I kind of love them. I have weird affinities for them because I just, I like Mission I Impossible. I enjoyed it. I mean, I was like 14 when that came out. Sure, like yeah. <laughs> you were probably like six when Mission Impossible 1 came out. Yeah. <laughs> It was something I remember. It's the, I mean, that, that famous like theme song or whatever. I remember my sister learning how to play that on piano when she was taking piano lessons when we were children. So nice. yeah, I, I was probably pretty young. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. I really thought you were going to say, I remember when Limp Biscuit covered it for Mission Impossible 2, and that's what really got me into it. Because <laughs> boy, that Limp Biscuit cover of the Mission Impossible oh, yeah. theme is, it's very Limp Biscuit. <laughs> into this weekend was um uh, was it called the cuckoo's calling by robert galbraith i believe is the name uh also known as jk rowling uh that oh. was her her like detective novels or whatever was, that she uh, i was trying to decipher how, how you were going to lead this to harry potter so i'm glad you just, yeah, you just yeah, brought here us it there. is we arrived very quickly yeah it was like oh yeah i forgot that she wrote other books i like her writing um so i wanted to see uh, what she had uh, and, and sort of but when it wasn't about, you know, children's wizards or whatever. Mm. But um, that's one of the things I found at Barnes & Noble was a, a $6 copy uh, of one of those books. So here I am. Was it good? It's good. Yeah. I forgot that that's, I was supposed to tell you what I think about it. Yeah, I like it so far. I'm, I'm into it. I haven't read a detective book in a long time, but I took a detective fiction class when I was in college. And uh, I got super into that stuff. Mysteries are just fun to read because yeah. who's going to go on? Like I don't ever try to figure out anything. I'm just like very much here for the ride, waiting to find out what goes on. Um, 
I got like a stack of Agatha Christie novels somewhere around here. I need to uh, crack into again. But um, yeah, I like it. There's a there's a BBC show of it. I think it's on Cinemax or something now. But, Do you? Um, um, I don't know if that's any good. Have you ever hung out with people who try to solve the mysteries in movies as the movie is playing? I mean, I'm sure. Jess is always just constantly asking me what happens next in movies. Like, if I've seen it before, I'm like, Are you, I, you're going to see it. <laughs> it's right. It's going to happen. You just need to be a little patient. Um, I, I, I knew a dude like that way back in the day who would co- just constantly be like, I bet he's the killer. I bet she's the killer. I bet he, like, yeah. just <laughs> guessing literally everything that he possibly could. People have a need to be right about stuff. You know, it's funny. I don't know why that just this reminded me of this. When I was uh 16 and waiting outside of target for the release of the nintendo wii for 18 hours mm-hmm. uh, out there in the cold we went into target at one point and got some board games because we needed something to do a couple of my friends were there and we got clue and we were playing clue and it was fun i hadn't played clue since i was like a, like a little kid so it, it was kind of fun and one kid we played three games and one kid each and every time he just never he wouldn't learn his lesson he would get the right cards and he would figure out however it works i don't remember he would figure out exactly who the killer was and then he was just shouted out and every time it wasn't his turn so the dude whose turn it it was would just be like uh all right (laughs) here's the killer i win because you went out of turn and you don't get to do that every single time and he just never learned his lesson it's so weird had to spit it out the second that he knew Yeah, sorry about ranting for about Bummerino stuff. For That's a while. okay. That's uh, okay. But, but yes, No Man's Sky is going well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I got all the planets in my trade route. All my systems nice. kind of planned out, nice. so uh, I can fly through those four and make like seventy million units pretty easy. For sure, <laughs> which is pretty dope. Which kind of makes me think I should do this in real life. I'm just going to go to Texas yeah. and buy stuff from Texas that they want in Louisiana, and then buy the stuff in Louisiana that is wanted in Mississippi or something. Like this seems like a hell yeah. This seems like a drug dealer's job. Like they like weed in Texas, they like meth in Louisiana. They like you know what I'm saying. Like this is easy to figure are, out. Are you a space drug dealer? Pretty much. Um, I've actually thought pretty because it's pretty easy to refine chlorine. Uh, so I, c- I could fill up my freighter with like uh, refineries and just 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 sell a shitload of chlorine to the on the open market and make, make some bank. I talk about No Man's Sky, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or real life. Still, still talk about No Man's Sky. <laughs> okay, okay. But yeah, that game is no you, game. <laughs> you got into the chlorine trade, IRL. No, no, no. Still in the in the water business for now. What about you? Have you been playing any games? Not yet. Um. You're going to play a little No Man's Sky after after this? (laughs) Like you've said the last three times. I keep saying it. Um, Yakuza Kiwami 2 comes out tomorrow. And I pre-ordered it, so it's going to come to my house. But I don't know if I'll play it, because I haven't played anything in a while. Um, We'll see. We'll see what happens. Guacamelee 2 came out. And I'm a... I was a huge fan of uh, the first game. Like, it's, it's a really good... I don't know what you would call it because I guess it's it's like a two D side scrolling game, but it's it's and it's kind of got like a like a Metroid Castlevania thing happening, but also there's like a pretty in depth combat system as well, mm-hmm. and you get like cool abilities that like, help you traverse the world better and faster, and then they put you into like hardcore puzzle rooms for that stuff. So it goes all over the place, and it's fucking hilarious. If you've never really Quackamelee one, like go pick it up. Like it's it's just I think ex- I have the first one from like PS Plus. Or probably something. so. Yeah, it's it's extremely hilarious. Oh. I mean, I guess with a name like Guacamelee. 